is now 634, and we will transition into the Astoria Planning Commission. Good evening and welcome to the July 23, 2019 Astoria Planning Commission meeting. It is 6.34. If we could have a roll call, please. Okay. Commissioner Wilmot? Here. Commissioner Henry? Here. Commissioner Moore? Here. Commissioner Cameron Laddick? Here. Commissioner Thorfinn? Here. Commissioner Price? Here. And President Fitzpatrick? Here. Staff President Planning uh, Consultant Rosemary Johnson. Thank you. Uh, and again, for the record, we have staff Rosemary Johnson. Special Projects Plan. Has everyone had an opportunity to read the minutes from the June 25th, 2019 meeting? Has anyone noted any corrections? I have, I have one correction or clarification. Commissioner um, Warren. On page six or page eight of eleven. One, two three, four, five, six paragraphs down. Uh, the notes indicate that Vice President Moore, uh, where did it go now? He confirmed that the entire commission was in favor of 28-foot base height. And I believe that is misstated since I did not, I was not in favor of that. <clears throat> so I think it, that should be changed to him. He stated that a majority of commissioners present we're in support of a 28 foot base height. Thank you. Any other corrections? That's my only correction. Okay, can we have a motion? I move that we approve the minutes from the June 25th, 2019 Planning Commission meeting. As amended? As amended. I'll second. Thank you, Commissioner Henry. Thank you, Commissioner Moore. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. The Astoria Planning Commission will review an amendment request tonight with a public hearing. The order I'm going to follow for the public hearing is outlined in the handout called Procedures for Conduct of Public Hearings, available from staff. I will identify the subject, announce when the public hearing is open, and ask anyone interested to testify regarding the matter. If you wish to speak, please be sure to sign the hearing sign-in sheet located on the side table. You should address your remarks to whether or not the application in question meets the necessary criteria. Now this public hearing is continued from the June 25, 2019 meeting, and this is amendment request A19-01B by Community Development Director to amend development code sections concerning issues relative to height and maximum gross square footage in the Bridge Vista Overlay area. Exempted sections from A19-01A, as well as continued discussions regarding potential sub-areas within the Bridge Vista Overlay area. Does anyone object to the jurisdiction of the Planning Commission to hear this matter at this time? Does any member of the Astoria Planning Commission feel he or she has a conflict of interest or any ex parte contacts to declare? Could we have a presentation of the staff report and recommendation? Okay, as you noted, this is a continuation. We're just dealing with height, mass, and the two potential plan districts. Um, over the last few months, those have been the uh, contentious issues on the riverfront, and it's not been 
totally clear which way um, to go on the codes. So let's go through the, uh, the uh, slides a little bit. Just as a reminder, this is the bridge vista area that we're talking about, and it goes from Pier 1, basically, to 2nd Street, north of West Marine Drive. Within that area, you have um, some areas that are limited to top of the bank so that there is no development other than flat decks, mooring, that type of thing in those areas. In addition, the maximum height on land uh, that was proposed uh, at the last meeting was 28 feet with a maximum square footage of 30,000 square feet and there would be no variances to heights for the buildings. On water, what was uh, recommended was the top of bank for the entire area, not just those two areas I noted on the previous slide, except for water-dependent uses, which would be allowed to a height of 35 feet but not within those two limitation areas, would be in the non-limitation areas only. So that is what the consensus was. It wasn't unanimous, but that was the direction at the end of the last meeting. The two districts would include the Port West Mooring Basin to the left and the Astoria Warehousing Plan district on the east, which would also include Northwest Natural Gas Area, so it's a large area. For the West Morning Basin, if you decide to go with the potential for a plan district, what we're recommending is that you, you note in here, and this is the way the draft has been, um, in what things that could come back for consideration with a plan district. And one of the things would be to say that no changes in the volume uses. The bridge vista overlay would comply, would be the ruling document there, and they could not change the uses. Uh, changes to building heights would be only up to a maximum of 35 feet, and that's with the consideration that you're, we're proposing a 28-foot height at the time. Uh, setback modifications, there would be no reduction in view quarters. You could reduce other setbacks, but not the view quarters. Uh, building size and footprint would be permissible to be changed. Limitation areas, which is what we talked about over the water, those two areas, would remain limitation areas. So you could not go uh, build higher than top of bank in those limitation areas. The pedestrian-oriented area would still remain as the pedestrian-oriented area with the existing standards. And if you remember, the pedestrian-oriented area is just a small area along um, West Marine Drive there near the Maritime Memorial. So those would be what we would uh, say are permissible or um, not permissible changes. <clears throat> there is the pedestrian-oriented area in white. So now if you look at the Astoria Warehousing Plan District, uh, what we're proposing is in that area, maybe you could change the allowable uses because it's in a different area of uh, zoning. <coughs> Changes to building heights, again, would be a maximum of 35 feet. Uh, there would be 
Setback modifications, okay, but not to view quarters again. Those would be preserved. Uh, building size and, and footprint would be permissible to be changed. And the limitation areas would still remain limitation areas. Those are the limitation areas. So as you can see, there's a very small area uh, right adjacent to Astoria warehousing that could be uh, built with water dependent uses above the top bank. Okay. So with the staff report, what we've done, um, I went through and looked at the reasons that you were looking at some of these changes. The idea at the last meeting was to limit it to 28 feet and get something on the books that would help preserve the area while the commission continued with a new amendment to discuss mass scale building orientation, that type of thing that would address those other issues. Um, the conversation for mass of buildings and orientation was getting complicated as you noted in the last meeting because of the configuration of the lots. Uh, view quarters would be blocked because you have lots in front of other lots and you couldn't get those clear view quarters. Also with the existing development and what few lots there were to develop, most of the lots that are probably going to be developed are within the Port Overlay District and or the Astoria Warehousing Overlay District. Uh, both of those would be uh, held to these standards unless they come in with a master plan to implement the overlay districts. So it's not like you're just automatically excluding those. Uh, one of the things that the commission also talked about was eliminating housing as an encouraged uh, feature. We had talked about exceptions to building height for additional height for housing. And due to the location with the tsunami zone, uh, it was recommended by the commission that we exclude that as an encouragement. It is still an allowable use, but you're not encouraging it with the extra building height. Uh, the other thing is the, the economics of building. With a building 28 feet tall, economically that is hard to make a project work for any larger development. Smaller developments could work. Uh, 35 or 45 feet, of course, are more economically feasible to get development. However, we've seen a strong indication from the public and everyone that 45 feet is too high for our waterfront area. The keep going here. Second, um, the riverfront vision plan does not specifically state what height different areas should be, but does look at the bridge vista as vistas of the bridge, views of the waterfront from the river trail, and the question it arises, how much view and what are we looking at, whether it's from West Marine Drive or the views from more of the river trail and the businesses themselves. Uh, anything that's built along West Marine Drive with the configuration, the traffic flow, and the configuration is going to block views from the roadway. Uh, from the hillside during the riverfront vision plan process, they determined that anything below 45 feet 
would still give you views of the river and the Washington hillside from above. However, the lower down you get on that hillside, the more of the river boat traffic you lose, the higher your buildings go. 28 to 35, you're still going to get some. 35 to 40, you're going to lose some of that river traffic that people like to look at. Okay. Public access is an issue, uh, and with all of the development and the requirements that you're proposing here, um, public access is a main focus of what you're trying to do, so that, that meets the code. Uh, because the areas are owned by Division of State Lands, anything over the water would still need a Division of State Lands lease of that area. Property owners do not own over the water areas. So you still have some controls there. Um, let's see here. And bear with it, it's a long report. Um, there was questions at some of the other um, meetings and public comments about the complying with the need to do housing and the state regulations. And we do comply with it because we are allowing housing. We do have other areas though for housing. You are not excluding housing in this area, nor are you saying that it can only be high-end housing. So uh, with the other areas and the way that you do have it zoned, uh, that is still supporting housing, it's just not encouraging it. Uh, I know that there has been some discussion about whether the, 30, the 28-foot height really does what everyone wants. At 28-foot high, you have, could have a two-story building, the full length of a lot, and virtually block off any views from the riverside. With the proposal before you that came out of the last meeting, that is what you would end up with is up to 28 feet, but there are no limitations on how wide a building could be. The one limitation we did put in here for some protection is that all buildings on one site would be limited to 30,000 square feet total. And let's see here. I think that was it. We did not have the steadfast. If the commission determines that the best interest is to proceed with the 28 feet and then look at the mass and orientation later, then we are ready to proceed with this. If you decide that you want to discuss this further for other options, um, I do have some other possible options that we could discuss. Uh, but I'd rather wait till we hear more from the public and your discussion, but I am prepared with some other language. Okay? Thank you. Okay, I presume there are going to be some questions for staff. Uh, would any of the commissioners like to present uh, questions to our planner or present other ideas? It appears that Commissioner Price has something <laughs> on her mind. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, Ms. Johnson, I, it, it seems to me, I'm not sure, I hope to end with a question. It seems to me that really what has generated this look at the BBO is the 
need for public access to the river. Whether that be when you drive down Marine Drive and you have what you have now, you have some large areas where even if you're just running errands, you can look over, you can see what's going on, you can judge what the river is that day. Or you go someplace, you park, you walk on the river walk and see what's going on. My concern about what we have right now Although there are many parts of it that I do like, I, I like the, uh, the extending, just basically uh, bank, nothing over bank height and less water dependent throughout this area. Uh, I think 28 feet is good. I'm, I'm really fine with moderate development for, uh, rather than trying to create an atmosphere for larger development in Astoria. But, but the problem is that with just the 28 feet and not discussing mass and scale, we, we, we have eliminated public, we would eliminate public access almost entirely from 2nd Street to the port because we, there's, no, there's no public right away there and we are allowing development that would eliminate what small amount there is. So, so that seems to me really important, uh, whatever we do whatever height we agree on, whatever mass or scale, having some public access built into the west end of town seems essential to me. Um, and uh, again, that's, uh, I think that also extends to uses, which we've not gotten into, but in development, if ground floors include public spaces instead of, for instance, uh, we always beat up on the Fairfield, so why not some more? If the Fairfield had included a, a you know, a, a good restaurant or something, so that so that its ground floor wasn't just hotel rooms, it's all private. There's no public access there. So, so that's where I'm at. Is is how do we build in public access to this? Because what we all of the things that we've had and and the many iterations that you have gone through for us, um, none of them really address that. There are some areas that we could look at if, if anybody else is interested in looking at that, like at Hume and uh, some other areas, but uh, I think that's that's the essential. And um, again, even, even limiting to 28 feet, even if we did 90, 60, 9060 would provide at least public, would provide some public access if we also had alignment or something in there. We just what we have now eliminates all of it. Right. <laughs> just to kind of re reiterate some of that, Columbia Street uh, is one of the few large few quarters. Then you have the bridge, uh, the mega bridge. That area is a little under the bridge that you can see. Uh, for the ramp, and then you have Bay Street, and then you have uh, Basin Street. So there aren't very many uh, right-of-ways, as you noted, and even the right-of-ways that we have, Bay Street ends in a lot. It doesn't go all the way through the right. river. With the bend in the road also, your views from different areas. To look out at Columbia, you have a very short, small window when you're coming westward on Marine Drive. You have a little bit better when you're coming eastward. Uh, the views between the buildings and the story of warehouse are limited because the buildings are built out to walk the highway. 
um, to create public use on the ground floors is something that has been done in a lot of zones, and it says that you can have uh, motels or you can have housing above the first floor with tourist oriented use of the ground floor or something to that effect. Um, the tourist oriented uses on the ground floor have, have proven problematic over the years because we um, we did that when we were trying to encourage tourist oriented uses. We're now trying to get away from that and it's more general development whether it's for locals and or tourists. But that tourist oriented use on the ground floor, which includes the restaurants or, or shops or whatever, does make it problematic for trying to develop. And having a percentage public open to the public is one option that you could consider, but it, I'd be cautious as to what way you do that. Sure. Not saying it tourist oriented, but just something that's not exclusive use. Just just one other quick comment is that on the uh, areas that, that do exist now where, uh, for instance, uh, what's the street that you go down by the Triangle and there's a little parking down there for the Maritime? Yeah, at Bay. That could go. And, uh, and, and taking that in conjunction with Uniontown Reborn, which the last proposal uh, uh, suggested eliminating something like from 7 to 12 parking spaces on Marine Drive where people might have the opportunity to park and then walk to the river walk. So it's, it's just a real problem and if we're going to allow development that takes away the majority of the wider views that we currently enjoy driving along Marine Drive then we must do something to uh, allow, I think we must do something for some right-of-ways and some public parking so that people can get on the river walk between 2nd and the port. That, answer, that's just my question. To answer that, when Uniontown Green Board is looking at uh, adding recommendation, it, it does re re recommend public parking in the area such as the, the former WANA site, or the current WANA site, because they are moving, and another site uh, in that Uniontown area, uh, because it's only looking at the south side of West Marine in that area. But there are other parcels that could be used for public parking that are being addressed in the Uniontown Reform. I'll say myself for later. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Fresh. Commissioner Moore. Thank you. I just have a couple questions that uh, Commissioner Price's uh, questions brought, up, brought to mind. Um, can we require public access components as a function of the plan districts? Yes, you could, but that there has to be some form of public use on the ground floor, um, such as open to the public, such as a restaurant or a tourist-oriented use. So that it but what about just a public access, not necessarily a use, like providing a, I know we're, we're, we're yeah. moving into eminent domain there a little bit, but can, uh, when, can you we, when we did Bridge Vista and the others, when you were building out over water, we were requiring public access there. 
Uh, we did not do that on the land side because the key in that those initial codes was to get it from the bird trail out to the river if they were going to block the river. Uh, in this situation, there may be a way to require some public access through the properties. Uh, we'd have to check with the city attorney to be sure, but I know on the water side, we were requiring that. Mm -hmm. Could the city just buy that property at the end of Bay Street and make it a parking lot? <laughs> you got money? <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have. Great. Do any of the other commissioners have questions of staff? Would any of the commissioners like to comment further at this point? I would. Commissioner uh, Henry. I would just like to say that I, I do. I would like to discuss um, massing and um, square footage maximums today. Other commissioners are in agreement. Speak, please come to the lectern, state your name and address for the record. And we have Stuart Emmons who will prepare or who has prepared a PowerPoint presentation that he's going to make this evening. In general, we limit our comments to three minutes. Uh, Mr. Emmons spoke with us in advance and asked to have 10 minutes to present his PowerPoint presentation, so we are doing that this evening. Stuart Emmons. I am. Um, address for the record. My address is 107 Kensington Avenue um, in Astoria. I'm an architect and planner, uh, and I prepared a PowerPoint uh, presentation uh, to address the um, sections on the, the building heights and to talk about program. And I know there's been 
talked about public access, and I, I will talk about that as well. Um, so I'm going to just talk about uh, another thing. We're going to look at some comparables of several cities outside of, uh, of Astoria. So uh, this is in the handout. Um, I did section cuts through uh, 28 feet, 35 feet, and uh, 45 feet. And uh, as we all know, that 28 is about two story, three story for 35, four story for 45 feet. And um, it was interesting doing these because it looked like, uh, you know, oops, um, the, um, there's almost an encouragement to do flat roofs. Uh, because when you look at the sections on uh, the interior, uh, interiors of the building, uh, developers get uh, higher floor to floor heights if they go with a flat roof. So I thought that was interesting. And um, I did tuck under parking um, just to show what that would look like. And also, um, you know, I just have concerns about the economic viability of uh, some of these uh, ones specifically uh, of the heights. And. And in this case, I used an office or a, a studio uh, apartment complex or a, or a uh, hotel uh, floor plate. And you can see you don't get too many units on a floor plate that's 90 feet wide. Okay, um, I'm going to need some, sorry. Okay. Sorry about that. This was working, you know how it is, this was working great this afternoon. Yeah, just push the forward button here. Thanks, Karen. Sorry. We're going to owe you big time for this. Yeah, that one time. Okay. And um, so this is how projects are put together by developers. Uh, land cost, hard cost, soft cost, uh, for total development cost. And, you know, I just want to emphasize that land cost, uh, you know, we know what uh, Story Warehouses is going for right now. So this is, uh, we're seeing some pretty high land costs coming in that kind of encouraged medical dental, high-end hotels, chain drive-ins uh, uh, drive like McDonald's and uh, Burger King. And it's a little bit harder getting other uses in, like water-dependent uses or things like that if we have a high land cost and obviously a high, a high uh, site cost as well, or site development cost. Okay. Um, so. A lot of people have been, I've been listening and uh, access to Riverfront for historians has been obviously a big thing. We've been talking about it here. Views, gritty and pretty. Um, also, uh, hotel and other buildings, we want to look at uh, different massing, um, especially with some of the new projects that have come on. Uh, contribution to historians' economy and working waterfront. Okay. So uh, these are the uh, four hotels that we have um, seen uh, their chain hotels. These are the ones along the riverfront, uh, starting uh, over in the port um, with the Best Western, uh, then um, Comfort Suites, which is three-story, 
and then the Holiday Inn Express, and of course, got a new addition in I think it's 2013, and then um, and more recently the uh, Hampton Inn and Suites. The um, this is what I think we're uh, you know we're struggling with. Um, so I wheeled off the uh, Holiday Inn uh, Express last week or, or yesterday, and it's 336 feet long. I mean that that's enormous, and um, and that's obviously with the addition too. So uh, and the other the others are fairly long, but uh, that is just a wall. And the other big thing is we've talked about public access. Look at all the ground floors on these hotels. It is they are just either rooms. Um, in the case of um, Holiday Inn Express and Hampton Inn, I'm not sure about the others. There are there, there's a conference room and part of that first floor, and the other part is rooms. So there's absolutely no interface with the with the waterfront, with the uh, Riverwalk Trail, or uh, sorry, the Riverwalk. Um, they're just blank walls along there. Okay. And of course, our Fairfield Inn. Um, it's kind of unclear about that interface uh, with the, uh, the public access on the ground floor there. I, I believe the uh, that restaurant has been demolished and rebuilt from that sketch. Okay. <coughs> Um, so I'm going to look at a couple of uh, comparables, Everett, Port Townsend, and Klamath. Okay. Um, I, uh, my modular plant that I'm doing work with uh, is up in, uh, near Everett, so I stay at the, in at Port Gardner. And we've talked a lot about these chain hotels that are designed in Omaha or something and dropped into our town. Um, this hotel is part of this Ascend collection. I'm sure there are other uh, hotel groups like that. It's custom designed for the site. It's done by RHO Architects in Seattle. And um, it's masked, you know, three stories, and it's the masses are broken up. So I'm not advocating for it, but I'm just saying it's possible to get a chain to do something other than their standard design that they, you see next to every airport in town. Okay. Um, and then just as far as uh, public access, this is what they did in Port Townsend, like on some of the ends of our streets. There was some parking on the end of this street. They moved the parking inboard. Uh, they put tables out, put a plaza out, and then had coffee shops and so on on the perimeter. It's really, really popular in Port Townsend. And um, upriver from us is Kalama. Um, the Port of Kalama did this um, between their two very large industrial areas. Um, access to waterfront for res uh, residents and visitors. So that's the green area, and then, okay. Um, and this is the new McMenamins. I never figured out until I went and took a look at it. This is a uh, hotel that has full public access on the ground floor, restaurant, bar. Anybody, any resident from Kalama, it's, it's, it's a really comfortable place to go in. And then it spills out. There's this front porch, there's a rear deck, and it goes, it really interfaces well with the river block. Um, it's, uh, so the, the rooms, uh, the guest rooms are on the second and third floor, and on the fourth floor, down on the bottom right here, is a, uh, a fourth floor pub that overlooks the river, it's kind of cool. And this is the a picture of the back porch, and it was packed uh, mid-afternoon on Sunday last week. And this is, they also are building an amphitheater that was just completed. All the hotel was completed about, I think about nine months ago or so. They have these uh, uh, structures for parties and they were all full that afternoon and then a playground and other amenities. All done by the port. 
the, uh, the hotel was developed by the port and 50-year lease back by McMenamins. So they instigated it, which I thought was really interesting. Um, so the city and the port were kind of working together, I would imagine, and they built what they wanted to, they wanted to do on, a, on, the, on their waterfront, and then they leased it. I'm sure they worked with the McMenamins to that design, and actually it was modeled after a Hawaiian hotel on the original, original hotels. Okay, so back to Astoria, we're a little high here, but, uh, and, uh, okay. Thank you. Um, our river walk is a major success. I am so happy with this uh, river walk, and I think everybody else sits in town. It's really, uh, it's really a, a great thing. But we have, and we have some good, really good successes along it. I Pier 39, the brew pubs. Uh, I really like how uh, the story brewing and, and buoy beer kind of spill out with those seat, the seating along the river walk. That's great. Of course, the trolley and uh, Northwest Wilds. Do a plug for them in there too. And I like how the tables overlook the marina. Okay. Um, this is probably our only water dependent use for fisheries uh, on, between uh, the, the port and Tongue Point and um, uh, Fish Hog Fisheries. And uh, then I guess we can include uh, you know, the Coast Guard and the pilots. But when we talk about water dependent uses, I'm wondering, with the land costs and everything, and, and the height, extra height for that, I'm wondering, is that even economically feasible? Will we ever see more fishhawk fisheries going into this area? And I really question that due to the land costs. Okay. Um, and then we've had some misses. Uh, obviously, when I was here in the 70s, Columbia House was built. Uh, big, you know, gate, no trespassing, uh, the mass of the building, but also how it interacts with the river walk is pretty awful. Um, then uh, recently, Moe's uh, was built. Um, uh, very poor interface with the river walks, just parking, uh, the whole front entry. It just sort of turns its back, and then um, and then the experience uh, within that uh, space. Um, I think we could have seen a, a better solution there. And then, uh, not to pick on Newport, uh, I really like Pier 11. Uh, back when I was here in the 70s, there was a really good riverfront restaurant there, and now it's a computer lab. And maybe we could have you know, help the owner, work with the owner to recruit somebody for that uh, restaurant space instead of uh, putting that use in there. Made that space more public uh, accessible. And uh, coming up is uh, Pier, uh, what I'm calling Pier 8, uh, the buildings that were bought by Bowie Beer. Um, there's 40 units of uh, housing planned in that, build, in that building, or sorry, 40 units of hotel rooms. And, uh, I'm wondering, is that the best use? I really don't, that really, that's one of our best uh, remaining uh, historic structures on the riverfront, and uh, I really question uh, if that's the right use in that building. And maybe we ought to be working more proactively with these owners to get uh, more public access. And then the Astoria Warehouse site over on the right, um, that's a 412 foot long frontage on the, those two big buildings, and then the other building is 100 feet. And having enough uh, leeway within our zoning code, so we make sure something else happens there, as opposed to just leaving those buildings and punching a few windows in there. So there's a, you know, it's a tricky thing, and I think there, we, there needs to be some really uh, careful interaction with with the owners on that. Okay. And um, so we've had, you know, we have a lot of uh, work to do. Uh, we have, uh, you know, the old Thunderbird. Um, that we have uh, some, you know, 
work on that marina that can be made a lot better. We've seen it in other cities, or certainly Port Townsend has that. Um, Big Red, um, the former rail lines uh, that's been slated for a park, um, I think it's a great idea, and East End Mooring Basin. And, um, and so we used to hang out a little bit in the Seafair restaurant in the late 70s. Uh, it's pretty, I saw this picture and I brought back a lot of memories. Uh, that was a pretty cool place to go. There was live music on Friday nights and Saturday nights right on the riverfront, mostly an older crowd, of course I'm part of that now I guess, um, went to it. And now the building is, uh, probably needs to be demolished. Uh, it is a, uh, it's kind of a ruin at this point with perfect glass and whatever. And uh, you know, this kind of thing is great for uh, access to the river that we don't have anymore. And, um, and the other one is the Cannery Cafe, one of my favorite places with my son. Um, and uh, we have these kind of burned out docks right now. We need to, we can just say, okay, no more development on the waterfront, let's just leave all that stuff, we'll just leave our ruins. And I'm not really comfortable with that. I know we want to do nitty and gritty, and I live in Brooklyn, I get the gritty thing. But I think this is, things like this, I think we ought to find ways to come up with program or, uh, you know, Redevelopment, so uh, to make uh, make those uh, you know more more accessible to the public, and so we're looking at building heights, building lengths, uh, building area. FAR has uh, just started to come in and waterfront dependent uses, but I'd also like to add in okay goals, visions, and economics coordinated with building height, length, and massing. In other words, let's get a vision for our whole waterfront, and then and then work these building heights and lengths into it. We deserve design excellence. And, and uh, Rachel did a show of the mid-century architects in Astoria, and I don't know if we've seen great architecture since that mid-century era back in, what, the 50s. So um, it's time to step it up in, in Astoria uh, design-wise. More vision, more creativity, and I'd consider a master plan on top of the riverfront vision plan that was done 10 years ago. Now that we've seen how, now that the river walk is in place and whatever, we've seen some of these new projects, revisit that and maybe do a master plan with really studying the program um, and ground floor program especially. So let's make a waterfront together that is as good as the river walk and embodies the uniqueness of Astoria. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, for the record, you are speaking as a private citizen. You are not representing any particular. Thank you for that, uh, President Fitzpatrick. Yes, I am speaking as a private citizen. No representation. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Did the planning commissioners have any questions for Mr. Raymond? I'd like to point out one minor detail. Uh, in front of Moe's, there's no easement or right-of-way for the river walk. So the fact that they built their parking lot so that people wouldn't necessarily get run over, they actually tried to make room for the Riverwalk, I thought was a, a good, because w where people walk right there is their property, yeah. and the city doesn't have you know, any kind of easement or right away there. So even though they could have potentially interacted with the Riverwalk, I think they did an okay job for not having to. Yeah, I that makes sense. Parking's always tricky, and, and uh, as we saw with McManaman's front porch, back porch, and uh, you know, there's uh, maybe there's a way to do that with parking in board, or I don't know, perhaps the solution. But I think uh, I think the interface of our river walk is really really important. I think you know.
we can do better with it. I have a question. Yeah. Um, first, I'd like to say that I did have the pleasure of walking the riverfront in Kalama uh, last summer. Uh, stopped to have dinner at the McMinnmans, and that is an excellent facility. Um, the park adjacent to the property is a wonderful public space. Um, I'm wondering if your presentation is um, keeping in mind the entirety of the Astoria Riverwalk and waterfront, or if, if this presentation is specific to the Bridge Vista overlay, and if so, the latter is true, um, what in particular um, are you suggesting for Bridge Vista overlay specifically? Well, I'm, I'm not... Uh, I want to stay a little bit neutral here. I'm certainly talking about Bridge Vista, but it also sets a precedent for the whole waterfront. And, um, you know, I think we ought to be, whenever we think about a portion of our, of our riverfront, in this case, what a quarter of it, um, then we ought to be thinking of the whole, the, how that works for the, the whole totality. Um, so I, uh, I'm just suggesting that uh, we, um, I think we ought to do a master plan that's all coordinated instead of having just um, this happens where just bring us something so so individuals will uh, maybe the port or uh, sort of warehouse will bring something well why don't we work more in tandem we as a, as a community as a city work more in tandem with them so these master plans are coordinated and we got we can say you know the ground floor use let's do this ground floor use this ground floor this and come up with goals uh, that, that work that work them all together. I think that will be much more successful if we do that. Thank you. Anyone else? I would just point out the McMenamin's building was interesting and I was pleased that you gave the measurements there. 140 by yeah. 70 basically gives you 9,800 square feet or 10,000 square feet. Yes. So to to have a 28 foot height limit, you're limited to two floors. Correct. Uh, with a 30,000 square foot uh, maximum, um, you'd either have to have something that's half again as long or half again as wide to, to get to the 30,000 square feet. So we're looking at either 140 by 105 or 210 by 70 for something the same size. They were able to accommodate that in three floors. Yeah, uh, 30,000 30, square feet in, in three floors makes a real difference. Yes, thank you for that. Yes, it was really interesting to study that as a um, as a comparable, and it's so popular. <laughs> there are people pouring <laughs> out of that building, um, both both residents and visitors. It was an existing building that they renovated. That wasn't no, that was uh, ground up, brand new, um, and interesting that the port built it and um, they developed it for uh, for McMenamin. So they owned they owned it. They did what they wanted to do. Uh, Kalama was from Hawaii, and so they modeled that hotel after the first one. That's why all the verandas are. are I mean, it looks very historic. Yeah, yeah, isn't that great? Uh, the the Kalama waterfront is very different from Astoria, though. They have a lot more space, and they've got a big separation, you know, I five between right. the town and yeah. the waterfront. So, pretty different situation. But. Yeah. I mean, whenever I look at comparables like Port Towns and whatever, I look at things just to get us talking. And, and, and knowing that obviously they have a totally different economy with the rail links and all that, but there's a, there are a lot of interesting uh, comparables. And also Port Townsend, uh, you know, we're not gonna go copy them, but it gets us thinking, well, maybe that's a good idea, how can we rework it for uh, the story? Yeah, well, and it ties in with Cindy, what you brought up, 
Commissioner Price, about public access and what are we dealing with the ground floors and right. um, especially when we're out talking the, the landlord side of the river walk where people want connections between town and the river walk, not just your only access is from the river walk. And that's why I think we should discuss massing and building sizes today. If we don't get that that in the code, then we haven't we haven't really finished our work because we agreed upon these height limitations. So our next responsibility is to make sure we don't just end up with these whales that block the view because our height restrictions have, have encouraged these very long white buildings. Well, to clarify, we haven't agreed on any height limits. We have something in front of us, but we have not voted or agreed on that. So, I guess that's true. Yeah. <laughs> we kind of came to a consensus at the last meeting, but we can still change it. Right. right. Thank you, Commissioner Henry. Thank you, Mr. Hamlich. Thank you. Hey, is there a presentation by persons in favor of the application? Is there a presentation by persons? I'm sorry. Oh. My name is Jan Mitchell, and I live at 362 Lane. And I'm not sure if the application is the material presented by staff, and I guess uh, I'm, I'm speaking in favor, but it's more a commentary. Uh, and, I, and I did uh, email with Stuart a little bit. Um, on some thoughts, but I think we are not, we're not Cologne, we're not Port Townsend, we have different situations, so they're both old towns. Um, we have to take our parking situation seriously because we simply don't have a lot of land to expand onto and the lot sizes in the area we're talking about are, you know, what would be considered really substandard for most um, major construction. Um, I agree with the need for public access. Uh, our port has a huge job underway, and I thank this gentleman sitting right next to me, who probably doesn't agree with me, but we're friends. Um, they're not in a position to uh, upfront either land or construction or anything like that right now. We've got major, major issues to deal with. So at least, you know, for the next 10 years or something, um, we couldn't do a plan that relied on a partnership in that way, at least. Um, and I just point out that Mose was not, I was on the commission then, so it was not the perfect solution, but Mose would have been a four-story high-end condo. That, that property would have been. Uh, the Bowie Beer um, housing hotel is already been approved. I think Sixth Street Docks, I think if situations change, that's probably got something happening there. But I would say um, I know that you're concerned about mass as well as height and that and I and it's a struggle. But I would say also Remember that when this all started out, we know of three corporate hotels that wanted to build on our waterfront. 
and um, the staff has worked very, very hard to try to bring things up to date so there would not be another Fairfield that we could not uh, respond to because nothing was there on the books, just in people's values and in their heads. And I would encourage you to try to come to conclusions in a timely manner so this can go on to the council so the next time somebody walks in the front door with a project, you have something that's current that expresses what the story is, um, values and context is, and, uh, and we're not in another situation where an attorney is up here threatening the council or whatever, and they're gonna do bad things to us. Because you do have an opportunity now to um, set the stage for the next 10 or 20 years. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Mitchell. Is there anyone else that would speak in favor of the application? Are there parties that would speak impartial to the application this evening? Yes, my name is Jan Faber. I live at 3015 Harrison Avenue, Astoria. Um, let me begin by the, uh, just to address this concept of whether something is economically feasible because I've seen many proposals come before our commissions um, by big developers who, who say that anything less than what we propose is, net, is not economically feasible. And they just sort of hold that over our heads. I'm, and I'm not really sure that that's what they mean, that it's not economically feasible. I'm always sort of lurking in the back of my mind is it's most profitable for us to build it this way. But last week I was over in Owaco, walking the waterfront, and there's a new hotel there. It fits right in with the architecture of the Owaco waterfront. It's got maybe 10 rooms. It's brand new. Somebody thought it was economically feasible. It's cute, it, it, it's nice. So I think that the concept of economic feasibility has to be weighed against what it is that we want. So when we're weighing with these um, height limitations and mass limitations, we're doing it because we think that the only way it can be economically feasible and be 28 feet high is if it stretches across our horizon. That may be what the developer proposes, but I'm not sure that that's actually true. And I think uh, our commissioners should weigh that and say, look, this is what we want. This is what fits in Astoria. If you can't do it, somebody else will. And somebody else will. Look at these small places that are built all, all over the place in small little towns. Um, second, and I'm not really sure, I've read through the codes as much as I can, I'm not sure if this um, water dependent um, definition is the one that's actually there now, but and maybe uh, Ms. Johnson could clarify, is it the Section A water dependent use with the four definitions, one of them being recreation? did submit uh, a tricaviger packet of what the code currently says for water channels. Well, let me go with the one that, yeah, one that I've got. And if, it's, if it's not it, then you can just record what I'm saying. Yeah, but those are the current definitions within our code is the handout. 
To me, um, water dependent means that if you, if you located it somewhere else, it couldn't happen. For instance, you couldn't have a boat delivery system. But not that it would be nicer or we, you know, it's more pleasant. So I, I think if you're going to make an exception for water dependent, it's got to be really water dependent. Basically, it could not function anywhere else. Nobody else functions away from the water. And the final thing is, um, with regard to height limits and views, um, as I, I walk the river walk at least three times a week, um, sometimes more. And I not only notice views of the river, but I look back and I can see the hills of Astoria and I go, wow, what a place that I live. I mean, look at this, we got mountains and trees and stuff like that, except when I get alongside certain buildings. Um, the Hampton Inn, though it may seem large, at least it's set back so far that They've got some grounds and green space, and I can see the hills on one side and the river on the other side. It makes walking the river walk very enjoyable. So I think in consideration of these amendments and possibly when you get this to mass and scale, think not only of what's blocking the view of the river, but as you walk down the river, you're walking alongside a cement wall like you do at the Cannery Loft um, condominiums, or is there enough of a setback so that you can see the beauty of the story on both sides? Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Picker. Do we have anyone else that would speak? Impartial to the application. Vicki Baker, 3015 Harrison Avenue, Astoria, Oregon. And I want to commend you on your height limitation. I think that's an important thing to put in place just to stop some of the things that have been wanting to go on here. I do think that it's very important that you work with this mass and scale and corridors to the river. I think those need to be put in place and whether they can be just added as a, something we're going to work on and just go ahead with what you've got now, um, I don't know the answer to that. I think you're going to have to discuss that among yourselves. But um, I think you do need to get something in place pretty quickly. Um, some of the places that I've been are requiring that you provide parking if you're going to have a certain number of people using that building. And I don't know if that has been addressed yet by this committee. I think it's um, important because of the limitation of space that is in that area you're talking about. And um, the building that my husband referred to up in Owaco did have, it was a small hotel, but the whole first floor was public space. It's a pub and it's a restaurant. So not only is it small, but it does have that component. And I think that we can look for more of those kinds of places. They can be done here. We don't have to accept the big hotels. I think your first step 
with this limitation on the heights is a very good one. So that's what I have to say. Thank you, Ms. Baker. Is there anyone else that would speak impartial to the application? Is there anyone that would speak against the application? Good evening, Frank Spence, 5169 Birch Street in Astoria and Port of Astoria Commissioner. On reviewing the minutes and statements of the general public, I come to realize that uh, most people do not realize really what the board is. It, it's almost it's been talked about in, in uh, generic terms and uh, we have a piece of property along the waterfront uh, that's uh, like any other. And uh, it, it's not. The warehouse and the port property are certainly two separate distinct properties which require special needs, special planning. That is privately owned and will be privately developed. We are a public entity. We are governed by five elected commissioners, elected countywide. And our responsibility really is to all of the citizens in Clatsop County. What is being proposed is not what we're hoped for in getting a master plan. You saw some nice pictures, very attractive pictures, and over a dozen pictures in your hand up back out. What's missing? There's not a single picture of property on the port of Astoria. Earlier this evening, I went down to the port and stood in front of the red building and looked south and I took pictures. And I hope to get those developed and I hope to give them and make part of this presentation and certainly pass them on to, uh, to the commission. It's very evident that many of the restrictions and criteria that are called for are not relevant to that property. I urge each and every one of you to stand in front of the red building and the vacant lot and look south. And you'll see the back end of Motel 6. You'll see Tsunami Hall, a couple other halls. And we are recessed. We cannot see Marine Drive. So any thought about a 35-foot height uh, is out of, out of the question. The potential there is, is much higher. It's no secret that on the vacant land between the red building and the bridge, uh, we're holding in reserve through a deposit from Mock Hollander representing Marriott Hotels. And I know some people say no more hotels, no more hotels. Well, I believe the market will decide whether more hotels are needed or not. Uh, I have seen and been at McMinniman's. Uh, I like that idea. Uh, we, for one, would control the design, whatever goes in there, and, and certainly through the various public hearing processes, including coming before this commission and the city council uh, and the design review board, uh, would address that. But reading through the Port of Astoria, West Mooring Basin District uh, criteria, 
the, it's outlined that we can adopt a master plan if we follow all these restrictions and criteria. That is not developing a master plan. We do not and cannot be constricted by the criteria that's going to be imposed upon uh, other property uh, in the uh, overlay. I certainly support it. I understand it for the rest of the property. As for planning in the future, the city has already addressed that with their various vision plans and working on the final one. But we, we the port, are an industrial economic engine and with multiple purposes. Not only do we have cruise ships, which generate millions of dollars for this county, we export timber, we host fish processing plants, we have a marina, we have a boat repair yard. So we are multifunctional, we have multi-needs, and with that, I believe that we need to be free to develop a master plan without foregone restrictions that will hamstring us in what we intend to do in the future. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Spencer. Was there anyone else that was going to speak against the application? I'm Martin View and reside at uh, 1368 South Main, Morton, Oregon. Um, I'm a native Astorian, probably one of the few to testify before your commission concerning the Bridge Vista overlay. I'm in support of the creation of a planned district for the Astoria Warehousing property. This area has been one of the economic hubs of Astoria with family paying jobs and benefits. I would hate to see the commission put too many limitations on what can be done on this property that they limit the economic climate for this area. As I grew up in Astoria, there were numerous canneries along the waterfront. These canneries employed lots of family here wage earners and support the retail shops and businesses throughout the city of Astoria. A little history about Astoria Warehousing. This company was created by two local Astorians who purchased the property from Castle and Cook, which is DBA Bumblebee Seafoods in June 1983, and created a labeling and casing operation which succeeded the one that Bumblebee, Bumblebee Seafood had been operating. In 1985, the owners sold their interest in Astoria Warehousing to two Seattle area seafood companies, Icicle Seafood and Peter Pan Seafood. This sale enabled the Astoria Warehousing operation to continue operations with canned salmon supplied by their seven Alaska canneries. Astoria Warehousing employed 25 permanent personnel with family wage jobs, medical benefits, and retirement plans. The company also purchased new supplies from local vendors. In April 2018, this operation ceased due to trucking costs and owners merging labeling with another seafood company, Kent, Washington. When Astoria Warehousing was in operation, it labeled nearly 3 million cases of canned salmon yearly and shipped it throughout the U.S. and overseas to various countries, mainly the U.K. and Australia. As the current site manager, I've had the opportunity to let people tour the warehouses, 
some of which have been from the State of Oregon Business Oregon Group, and some have been local business people who have never been through the facility. They have all, they have all been at awe touring within the structure as well as the property waterfront. They can see visions on what could happen with this property economically. These people know your plight of keeping the waterfront visible, but I don't think they want the city to place so many restrictions on this property as to limit the economic environment. I think a plan district giving the new owner time to develop a master plan is very essential to the economic success of this property. At the last planning commission meeting, there was a gentleman whose young son asked him if he was going to the meeting to voice his support on limitations. I don't know if his son will ever think about becoming a resident after his school days, but if you keep changing restrictions which limit job opportunities in the city, then he probably won't have any option except to live elsewhere. During one of the planning commission meetings, Commissioner Moore asked about getting an easement so the public can go through the private property. Just so you know, many people don't pay attention to private property signs and drive in there anyway, and which now it doesn't matter so much, but when there was operations going and trucks and, and forklifts work, and then it did. Uh, in addition, we have homeless people walking through this property now. What will happen if you open it up from Marine Drive? My main concern is the liability factor to the property owner, uh, which I think uh, City Manager Brent mentioned that that's, that's a tough scenario to ask for easement from the property owner. Uh, we have posted signs throughout the property upon the request of the Astoria Police Department. So if the police department drives through, they have legal rights to chase people off the property. And this is mainly our warehouse four, which is the one on the north side towards the river. That's to keep, in the old days, keep the drug people out and stuff. Um, in addition, I think you should seriously think about a plan district for the Port of Astoria, which is supported by more than just the city of, of Astoria's property tax base. I would also like to extend to the Planning Commission as well as the Astoria City Commission the opportunity to take a tour through the facility. Um, and I, I kind of say you can't judge the book by the cover. I think you need to be inside the buildings to see what they're actually like. Um, and just, just a little side note is that while I've been there for 19 years now, I think we've had, Fred's been there once and he was invited by a certain person that we allowed to tour and the former mayor, Willis, was there because he wanted to sell us coffee. <laughs> but otherwise, we haven't, I haven't ever seen a city council person or a planning commission person asked to come through that building, or the buildings, I should say. Anyway, any questions or comments? I would simply comment that if you'd like to invite us over to take a tour, we'd be happy to consider well, that. Anytime. Just call me at... 325-4021. And if I don't answer, leave a message because I'm probably walking around making seeing what's going on. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thanks. And it includes coffee? Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, we don't have any coffee right now. <laughs> Mini Mark. <laughs> Anybody else? Yeah. Okay. Oh.
the last but not least. Uh, good evening, uh, Commissioners. Phil Grillo on behalf of Astoria Warehouse. Um, I just wanted to add a, a, a couple of uh, thoughts, um, not so much from my uh, land use lawyer perspective, but from my uh, land use planner perspective. Um, one is that um, I think the idea of public space uh, is important as you look at this. Certainly it's uh, something that I think you're focusing on now, but I would also encourage you to think about, in essence, the notion of borrowed space. Um, public space doesn't necessarily have to be publicly owned land. It can also be things like uses where you have restaurants and other things that happen. Um, and these are things that can often be done more in a, in a collaborative setting with certain goals and guidelines attached to them. Um, so I would encourage you as you're looking at this to take more time to figure out how to create the right kind of set of incentives and regulations, not just regulations, to create a fabric to do what you really want to do. And I think at the end of the day, it's going to take, uh, I think, more work with um, architects, developers, and planners to help create the kind of uh, regulatory environment that you want there. Again, I think it needs to be a combination of incentives and regulations. So for instance, with public space, there are things that you can do to allow more development activity in exchange for these sort of borrowed spaces that don't necessarily have to be publicly owned spaces. Um, that also helps in terms of um, security and other things. So I think what you're seeing in most of the other waterfronts, um, not just in the Pacific Northwest, but uh, nationally, is that very tool. So I think uh, you've seen a lot and heard a lot, and I hope you take more time to um, work this out and work uh, with the development community, the local community, um, and some professionals to, to bring it forward. Um, we can do it right. Okay? Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Morello. Chris Ferrar, 3023 Harrison Avenue, Astoria. Well, here we are again. The long, long series of meetings and hearings. And I appreciate the job you're doing. I know it's tough. I serve on the planning commission for Clatsop County, and I know it's often difficult to listen to all the testimony and try to come to a good decision. There aren't as many people here tonight as there were at the last meeting, but if you recall, it was clear at the last meeting that the public had a view about what kind of a city they want to have and what kind of development they think is appropriate to preserve the qualities that this city has. This is not Fort Townsend and it's certainly not Kalama. It's Astoria, the oldest settlement west of the Rocky Mountains done by European settlers. There were settlements here far longer before that settlement. But we're talking about a city that has roots in its European origins. 
The people of this community have spoken up, they've signed petitions, they've attended these meetings, they're frankly kind of worn down by this relentless tendency to try to grow buildings. It's almost like your farmers that want to see them grow taller, bigger and wider. You don't need that. In fact, the gentleman here, Jan Faber, gave a good example of how a small building can be successful. And it's more appropriate for a small town, which we have here. We don't need a lot of four-story and larger buildings here in this town. We already have enough of those, and there are plenty of opportunities for developers to use the land to develop reasonably sized buildings for their purposes. And they will find a way just as Jen Faber explained. And I think you all know that, that you need to set some standards that you're not going to allow another Hollander-sized hotel come in here. And as far as the market determining whether we need more hotels, I disagree. What will determine it will be traffic. We don't need more hotels bringing transient residents coming into a town that has a real issue with flow through and integration of traffic patterns around the city. Businesses will lose money as that traffic concentrates and people lose patience with sitting in line here and they just want to get through this damn city. Right now, we have a chance to make a change. It's getting a little late, but we can stand our ground here and make sure that we don't allow rampant development that brings in large structures, that bring in a lot of transient people, which mean a lot of automobiles, and the need for a bigger police department, a bigger fire department, and everything else that goes with it because you're going to need to control all these people that come here for good time. And you're going to need to control all the traffic. And it's not going to be pretty. So I am in favor of holding the 28-foot height limit across the board. Port property, warehouse property, anything else, except we've reached the decision many of us that water dependent, truly water dependent uses where you've got to have the water there to carry out the business, maybe they need some kind of crazy structure that goes a little higher or a little wider or some special kind of consideration. I'm all for that. And so that takes care of every worry that the gentleman that spoke about the warehouse property he wasn't talking about hotels. He was talking about what the waterfront should be used for. And as far as the Port of Astoria goes, I do agree with Frank Spence, commissioner on the board, on the port board, that the properties of the port belong to the citizens of Clatsop County. And so they should do what the citizens of Clatsop County want done on that land. And frankly, to me, a port just doesn't evoke an image of a big old hotel there. 
you know, I, I pictured docks and cranes loading ships and fish coming off and dumping in big bins. I don't picture hotels there and tourist activities. That's not what the port should be doing. And I think the port should start holding meetings and asking the public to give them input what they want to see done on that land because they seem to be a little out of pace if Mr. Spence is representing the entire board, which is unclear. Anyway, I'm not for offering any special permissions on the port land or the warehouse land. And if you look at the map that Ms. Johnson showed earlier, there's only maybe 15% of the entire area we're talking about that's outside of those two properties. So if you, you know, if you go with the 28 foot, you're talking about it on probably 15% of the land, just eyeballing the map. So you're saying 85% can be, you know, some other height, and they can come up with their own rules. And that's not a good idea. That's just, that's not what all those people that were here at the last meeting, and of course, the chair wasn't here for the last meeting, and I don't believe you, sir, uh, Mr. Womack, were here for that meeting, but it was clear at that meeting, and if you read the minutes, you'll see, you'll see what people said. They don't want tall buildings here, and they don't want big buildings. And developers can get over it and figure out a way to make reasonable developments that fit the town and we can preserve what Astoria has. So I know you have a tough job. Like I say, I serve on a planning commission too. I just wish the county had control over what this city does sometimes because then I'd make some decisions. But anyway, I'm done. Thanks. Thank you, Mr. Farrar. Or anybody else that would like to speak against the application this evening? Seeing none. Rebuttal from applicant. <laughs> Maybe we could probably combine the closing remarks from right. staff. Um, I just have a couple of comments. Uh, Ms. Johnson, we are overdue for a break. Would you prefer to wait until after the break, or would you like to? That's fine. Okay. So I'm going to put the hearing into recess, and we will reconvene in five minutes. For the record, it is 7.56. It is 8.02, and we are at the point in our public hearing where we will hear rebuttal testimony and closing remarks from our staff. Okay, uh, just to respond to a couple of the public comments that were made, um, there was one comment about we need a plan. Just to remind that the Riverfront Vision Plan is the current plan that we're working on and that this is the process of implementation of that plan. The goal has always been with these sub-plan areas is that that would be a very close coordination between the port, the story of warehousing, the city, and the public, that that would be an open process for integrating those plans together to see where they would go. So it is part of that integrated plan process. Um, the question about the recreational use in the water-dependent area, what that refers to is truly 
water-dependent recreational use. It is not referring to viewing or walking from another use, such as viewing from a hotel. What this is, is the passive recreation like the river trail. That's the walking and viewing that that's referring to, not from a deck of a, a hotel or some other use. Uh, so recreation like swimming or boating are tied to the water dependent need, as well as things such as walking along the riverfront. So I'm going to make it clear that that's not intended to be a sub-use of a different use. Um, a reminder also that when the port is looking at master planning for the entire port area, that there is only a very small section of the port that is included in this bridge vista overlay. It only includes the, the Thunderbird, Red Lion, Riverfront Motel, whatever you call it, uh, area, and the parking lot that the port has, the mooring basin, um, the Canary Pier Hotel <coughs> area, and that section by the Maritime Memorial. It does not include the rest of the port area in this, in this bridge vista overlay. So when they come through with a planned uh, district overlay, we're only talking about that bridge vista area for that master plan. Um, there's also, uh, as pointed out, in the port district, uh, plan district, there is a typo on page two under the sunset clause. It says application to establish the historical warehousing plan district, and that should be the port plan district. Uh, so those are just kind of clarifications on some of the issues. Uh, at this point, I would say if the commission is going to discuss other options, uh, you have two options that you can do. You can close the public hearing and have your discussion and see where the planning commission's discussions go and then make a decision. Or you can reopen the public hearing after that discussion if you make changes that you feel need additional comments. That would be an option for you. So you can either close the public hearing and proceed or keep it open and take more testimony. Uh, that would be up to the commission which way you want to take that. Okay. okay. Any other? Not that could be on now. Public hearing is now closed. Okay. Um, discussion and deliberation. Who would like to start off here? I'm happy to start. Commissioner Moore. Here we are again. It is the common theme in our 87th public hearing of Bridge Vista. Uh, I, I remain steadfast against the 28 foot limit. Uh, I don't see how reducing the height from 35 to 28 creates or preserves views in any fashion. Um, if we want to create new views or preserve views of the river, we need to do so uh, at street level. So it needs to be zero feet. Uh, your views from Marine Drive are obstructed by a fence. Uh, going up to 35 doesn't have any, any additional effect that a 28-foot building would have from Marine Drive. Looking 
toward the river. So, um, but with that, I also agree with Commissioner Price in that putting a height moratorium on will result in longer buildings because developers are gonna maximize the square footage of a building that they can create on that property. And it's the long buildings that people find offensive. I think it's interesting to point out that the majority of the Astoria warehousing buildings are between 28 and 35 feet tall. And they are, by any measure, the largest obstructions of the river from Marine Drive. Um, so lowering to 28 feet does nothing to preserve or create new views. So I, I think it's unnecessary. Um, building massing, uh, this part of the amendment, I don't think is appropriate, as I've stated before, to create a uniform building massing of 30,000 feet per development, simply because the lot sizes in this area vary so greatly. Uh, on a 50 by 100, sure. 30,000 square foot, you'll never hit 30,000 square feet. But on, you know, 900 by 200, you're gonna have a small building and a lot of undevelopable land. Um, I know that we, we toyed with the idea of the 90-60 plan, which was one idea to come up with a way to create view corridors or create new views and decided that it was overly complex, especially on the west side of the bridge. Um, so the, the document you have in front of you is another effort to create a, a plan that addresses views, heights, and building massing, and building orientation a little bit, uh, that incorporates floor area to, or floor to area ratios, which I know we've talked about or touched on. I know Rosemary brought, up, brought it up in the past, um, which may work out to be more appropriate in this area. So um, I'll stop making remarks at this point, and we can continue talking about the existing amendment, which I would be against and would vote against. Uh, and when we get to the point, I'm happy to talk about the document that you have in front of you as well. Thank you, Commissioner Moore. Anybody else? Commissioner Henry. I would just to, um, I agree with a lot of what Commissioner Moore said. Um, I, I especially think that we need to um, tackle this uh, balance between building height and, and building mass. But I, I would like to point out that, um, you know, I heard, heard from a lot of um, the the public and, and members of the community throughout the several uh, public hearings we've had, and very few of them are concerned about preserving views from Marine Drive. Most people are concerned about preserving views from their homes. And the bridge, I'm, I'm focusing on the Bridge Vista overlay in particular. Um, I know that the urban core is a different story, um, but a lot of historians are concerned about preserving existing views from their homes, from the river walk. Um, Marine Drive is really a highway going through town. I think we all enjoy our views from Marine Drive where they are available. But to uh, base the view corridor on Marine Drive as the main um, kind of 
point of, of the viewer is, is misleading and limited, I would say. That's all. Thank you, Commissioner Henry. Commissioner Wallman. I'm going to go back to what I've made comments on many meetings ago, which is I'm also against the 28-foot height restriction, mostly because we're not talking about mass and scale on the 28-foot building. Um, pretty much repeating what Commissioner Moore was saying, is we're going to still have uh, blocking uh, of our view corridors and blocking of the river, and the appreciable difference between a 28 or 38, 35-foot building um, two blocks up the river uh, from the perspective standpoint does not have an appreciable difference on when some, where someone lives. I, I challenge most people who live many blocks up the hill to, to be able to tell us is that a 25 or is that a 28 or is that a 35 foot building from two blocks up Marine Drive. So it seems to me that it, from the current as it sits right now, I would be against the, the 28 foot um, mandatory height unless we could look at floor area ratio um, as an option you know, to, to replace that to be able to potentially have higher heights. Thank you, Mr. Rollman. Commissioner Price. building only for people who live only on a certain part of the north slope. A lot of people live on the south side and otherwise. Um, I, I'd like to talk about uh, this new handout. This looks very interesting to me. It goes back, this, this going back to, uh, it's not exactly the 9060 plan, but looking at floor to area ratios of a 0.75 uh, floor to area ratio. I think that Maybe what isn't really understood um, is to go back to um, Ms. Johnson's um, schematic that she gave us uh, at the beginning of our last meeting where we were all thinking that 9060 was a good idea, where, where we would limit buildings to uh, 90 feet parallel to Marine Drive and, or 60% of the parcel of the property, whichever was less. And it made a lot of sense until we saw that we, there are these stacked lots, as, as they were called, where you have a, a lot that is basically on the, river, on the river and then a lot in front of it or behind it, however you're looking at it, on Marine Drive. And so you have, you know, one here and one here. Now, if you could, if they were, if all those properties were aligned, and you could, we could write in that buildings have to be aligned when built, then that would work. But the properties aren't aligned, so even with the 90, 60, and 28 feet, you could have buildings that that are like this, and so you still are going to have a wall of buildings along Marine Drive if that's what you're trying to do, which is why I started out talking about. I hope this is right. Uh, <laughs> about you know that does that doesn't do as as uh, um, others have said. It doesn't really do what we say. And my staff said last time it's really hard to figure out how to do what we want, which is preserve views from Marine Drive while also keeping uh, well. It's just hard to do. So um, 
So I would like to talk about this. I, I think that um, it's not that I think that we have to give up preserving views from Marine Drive, but kind of almost. Because even with a 28-foot height limit uh, and no variance except for water-dependent uses, and even with a 0.75 floor to area ratio, which is close to that 90-60, which I think is a good idea, um, we still don't know whether we could preserve use from Marine Drive. It would, however, create um, moderate or modest developments alongside, you know, the, the Iwaka one, that was a repurposed building that was whatever, Craft 3, it was Shorebank, a green building. So it's not like Iwaka Community Development went to the developer and said, let's build this from ground up. That's the only way you get really what you want. Also, we aren't Kalama and we aren't Port Townsend, but Mr. Emmons' presentation was inspiring in a certain way. It, for instance, if the Fairfield Inn had been built along the lines of McMenamins, we might be having a very different conversation. It would still be too large, but at least it wouldn't be some just nasty beige rectangle out there. <laughs> it's awful, and, and, you know, and, and I hope Mr. Spence goes back to the port and has a, a really tough conversation with Mr. Hollander, because, if, because Mr. Hollander, I suspect, is going to build uh, eventually a hotel on that piece of land. And if it looks more like McMinimins and Kalama than it does um, the box that they want to build, again, we will be having a very different conversation. So, you know, architecture matters. So anyway, long way of saying, I'd like to discuss this floor to area ratio idea. If anyone else would. I would. Thank you, Commissioner yeah. Parrish. I would, too. President Fitzpatrick, since that has been brought up now, I should let the public know I do have four copies up here of what they are referring to. So if someone wants a copy of it, I do have one there. I have four copies. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mitch. Commissioner Corcoran. Redacted. Can you read that again? Would the floor area apply to both the planned areas as well as the non-planned areas? Sort of three geographic areas. The port, the warehouse district, and everything else, correct? And the FARs we're talking about now apply to the whole bridge vista overlay zone. Or are you talking about we we we'll get to that in detail, but yeah, any any Sweeping changes to BBO will apply to all properties in BBO. The special plan districts, and then they do have some things that can be modified. We can determine whether or not the FAR is, if you can get a variance or an exception, that's something that we would be able to. Within the plan zone? Yeah, within the plan districts. That's something that we could discuss. Upon the approval of the master plan. Correct. Not just a variance request or right. some kind of smaller administrative process. Right, but um, should we finish comments on the on the existing amendment before let's, we get too deep into that? Yeah, let's what? I don't have any other pressing questions other than that clarification. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, Pat, did you say I don't that? have any other questions other than that clarification. Okay. Commissioner Cameron Live. I've been kind of back and forth about the, the 28 foot limit. Um, it's um, 
recognize the, the challenges of it. I kind of feel like okay about it because we're kind of talking about such a you know a small percentage of the land that we're talking about since there are opportunities for you know bigger development in these plan districts. Um, you know I felt that was okay an okay compromise for the amount of um, space we're talking about and um, um, I appreciate the point that it might better preserve some bills some views for hillside homes. Um, honestly, the most important thing to me is really that that was also really clear from these photos of the Kalama, um, um Riverfront. There is that what the Bridge Vista um, overlay district should be about is is not having anything um, over the water. It's having those big open spaces, um, and that's something that I think made our core discussions really challenging because we were trying to you know produce these vista or protect these views that we didn't have in the. Bridge Vista Overlay District. Um, so that's kind of the most important thing to me is to keep those um, those limitations that we talked about. Um, and yeah, I just want to point out that those docks at Sixth Street are in the urban core, not in the Bridge Vista Overlay. Um, and it'd be you know interesting to allow some kind of creative overwater development there. And I'm excited to talk about where it is. Thank you, Ms. Cameron So we do have uh, these nice sheets that Hunter Johnson handed to us. Would you like to discuss this or? Why don't I explain what we have there so you can see what we try to come up with. Um, taking the basic concepts. Do you have? No, I don't have it up there. No. This was the last minute. Okay. Um, this is at 5 o'clock. Um, what we. I have in this draft is the overwater would remain the same, pop of bank, 35, however, for water dependent. When you get to the on-land area, rather than doing a 28 foot with no massing discussion, increase that to 35 feet, say that there's no variances allowed to the 35 feet on land, but with that then you would add the setbacks or above 24 feet to keep the mass of a three-story building smaller. And with that increased height, get into the gross floor area and the floor area ratio. Now in the gross floor area, what the original draft was, was for all buildings on site. What this one would do is say that each building cannot exceed 30,000 square feet. Now, for that to occur, it's only going to be on two lots, the warehouse or the port area. They're the only two that could probably uh, have more than one 30,000 square foot building. But what would happen is with your floor area ratio, if you go with what I have here as suggested, 0.75, that means that only three quarters of the lot can be covered with a one-story building. If you go to a two-story building, then about two-thirds of the lot has building on it. And if you go to a three-story, it even gets smaller. So what the floor area ratio does of less than one-to-one -one is it gives you more views and areas that are open on that block. There's a graphic in the handout if people are able to put the reach on their shoulders. 
that gives you an example of what that means. And the 0 0.5 would be the closest to what we're looking at. So what I had suggested was a 0.75, which would give you a quarter of the lot that would be open. And that could be used for landscaping or parking or open plazas, whatever. But the more you go up, the narrower your building would get, creating bigger view quarters. And that's what the floor area ratio would do for you. So you would still be limited to 30,000 square feet on those bigger lots, but depending on the size of the lot, they would still have to you know, bring it in if necessary. <clears throat> the other thing that we're, we have in here is that <clears throat> if you're going to do a 30,000 square foot building, uh, more than one, or if you're uh, on land, any buildings on your lot <clears throat> have to be at least 60 feet apart. So it's not saying from the outside setbacks, but if you have more than one building on your lot, your buildings have to be 60 feet apart to give a view corridor. Now that doesn't mean it has to be public access, physical access, but it gives you the visual public access through buildings. So you would have on those bigger lots, they could, and here's an example, story of warehousing, <coughs> they don't have a plan district yet, excuse me, let's see. <coughs> Say someone came in to do a story of warehousing. Without a plan district, they have to comply with all the regulations. They could tear down one of the buildings and build another building. With this one, they would be limited to 30,000 square feet for that new building, but if they didn't tear the other building down, that new building would have to be 60 feet away from that existing building. That way, you are creating smaller footprints with those new quarters by having that requirement. It's not between properties, so you're not creating setbacks between properties, just on these larger lots, you'd have that view quarter. So that's kind of where we went with this. And if you have questions about it, I can try to answer. <coughs> what are the implications on the smaller lots? I don't want to get totally okay. focused on just the extremes. Right. The smaller lots, uh, you would not have, and this it says specifically for those um, uh, 60 foot wide corner, and that's if you go to multiple buildings. If you've got a 50 foot wide lot, you're going to build one building. And so for the 50, the 75, and probably even the 100 foot wide lots, you're looking at one building. So that 60 foot wouldn't apply. For the floor area ratio, on a 50 foot wide building uh, lot, you could go, what is that, 40 feet wide with a 10 foot, whatever the 75% is, yeah. And so you could, it'll give you small quarters, but if you want to go two stories, that's going to give you better than half that lot for a few quarters. And they may not line up with your building in the universe, but at least it would provide open spaces and limits. Right. The other thing is we're, I'm recommending that the floor area ratio, or the 60 foot wide uh, setback does not apply to the pedestrian area, and um, the floor area ratio would not apply in the pedestrian oriented, because the pedestrian oriented area was intended to have buildings closer together and more pedestrian related. And that's just that white area, the white lines. 
So that area would not be subject to the floor area ratio. The area, with, sorry, the area within the area within those white lines, or right. it's not a path; it's the area within those white. The lines. area within the white line. I'm recommending that you not apply the floor area ratio. However, that is something you could still discuss further. Rosemary, can you just give the boundaries of that pedestrian area so I can look at that on my map here? Okay. The the pedestrian area goes from just west of Basin, right where the the circle where you go into the ramp for the uh, bridge, okay? And then it goes down and includes KFC, uh, the vacant lot, it includes uh, Ocean Beauty, uh, Dunes Motel 6 area, the Maritime Memorial and the port property back there, and Triangle Tavern, the other way down here, Sumi Hall and Holiday Inn Express through Columbia. So just west of Basin to Columbia. That's kind of a big area. It is a big area. That's pedestrian, which is supposed to be more compact. So that basically just leaves that port area and this development over in here, uh, the ODOT and these developments over in here. All of the uh, Port Mar uh, Marina, the red building out that area, the lots here where you used to have the conference center, uh, the old Chinook room or whatever that was called, that would be part of it. And then you have the historic warehousing. Now the historic warehousing and the Port Plan District aren't in place yet. So the floor area ratio would apply to this until such time as they would want to come in with a planned district, and it would still apply if you wanted it to, but they could ask for an exception to that through that planned district. Now, I want to caution with a floor area ratio, just so that people know, anytime you have a numeric number in your code, People can ask for a variance unless you specifically say no variances. So like with the 35 foot height, what we had said was no variances. If you have a floor area ratio of 0.75, someone theoretically could come in and ask for a variance. So you just need to be aware that you know, while you're setting numbers, unless you specifically say no variances, there are, that is the possibility. But they still have to meet the criteria for a variance. It's not an automatic, and there has to be a hardship in why they need it, and economics is not a hardship. Okay. It does seem like we're eliminating most of the area to uh, from the um, FAR by not including the pedestrian zone. You could do a higher FAR for the pedestrian area. Uh, why, not, why not just leave it at 0.75? I think the intent was for the pedestrian was that it would be more tighter, uh, pedestrian friendly, rather than spread out. But if you think the 0.75 is good for the pedestrian zone, you could include food for that area too. Or you could do a separate 1.0 1, 1 or something else. And if you look at those diagrams, it kind of gives you a, an idea of what could be the different ratios. So you just have to decide what is that pedestrian-oriented intent, 
and how much do you think open space should be allowed there? Or should be required? Ms. Johnson, the gateway overlay is at a minimum of 1.0? Correct, that's not a maximum, that's a minimum. So okay. for the gateway, uh, which is the mill pond area, the hospital, you know, some of that hospital in that eastern area, uh, that has a minimum floor area ratio of one to one because they wanted it uh, more massive. So they want it even if you have a one-story building that's just one to one, they would prefer denser, bigger buildings. <coughs> Whereas here, you're trying to get more views with openings. And, and a comment to the commission. To remember, we're still here implementing the Riverfront Vision Plan. And I think where she came from for the pedestrian-oriented area is the Riverfront Vision Plan called for density there. So since we're still trying to implement that Riverfront Vision Plan, that, that's probably where that came from. Rosemary, can you speak to parking um, and that, whether that would be excluded from the ratio we're speaking about? Okay, yeah, the parking is required for uses within anywhere in the city of Astoria. And what we had decided at the Riverfront Vision A, that first one, was that the parking would not be part of your gross floor area, and so it would also not be part of your FAR. So if you did ground floor parking within the building, it would not be counted as your FAR. I don't understand what that means. Um, if you have a one-story building covering 75% of the lot, if you put parking underneath, you can still do two stories, and it's still 75% of that parking doesn't count as your FARs. So a one-story building, no parking, but the parking under it, the building is still the same size for two stories. Is that helpful? Which we want to encourage more parking is the reason why we excluded it from previous. Right, we wanted to discourage open parking lots, we wanted to have that more uh, secluded, covered, and by including it in a gross square floor or floor area ratio, you are encouraging outside large parking lots, which are not aesthetically. So from your ratio of three quarters of of the lot, that would be, and if parking was in the first floor, you would have no parking, so you really have a quarter of the area, more green space, more open areas, if the parking is hidden versus even that same size. Correct, the parking could either be under the building on that first floor with 75% of the lot, or it can be outside, so if it's inside, then you've got more green space. I have a question related to that. If the building height limit is 35 feet and everything in the pedestrian oriented district, well, okay, forget the pedestrian oriented district. If the building height limit is 35 feet and the first floor parking doesn't count in the FAR, does that mean that buildings somehow get allowed to be taller than 35 feet? No. Yeah. Okay. The building envelope could not exceed 35 feet. Okay. 
So the height is different than the floor area or gross floor area. It still has caps. It still has cap of 35 feet, no matter what's within the building. Yeah. Can I ask a question? Or Ms. Miller?
Did, like did we still have more comments that the commissioners would like to make on? I would just like to hear what the public who came tonight would have to say on this particular change at some point. Okay. So I'll go ahead and reopen the public hearing. Just, oh, I'm sorry. I would suggest um, giving us maybe a five minute recess so people who haven't been able to see it can take a closer look at it, we can take another look at it, and then hear from the public, and then we can talk. Excellent idea. So we are going to take a recess. It's 8.39 p.m. We'll be back in five minutes. sizes of 30,000 square feet um, and if there was a lot that was much bigger than 30,000 square feet obviously um, a big lot could have multiple buildings of 30,000 square feet as long as they um, didn't exceed this floor to area ratio of 0.75 percent and then if they and if they had multiple buildings they would have to have a 60-foot corridor okay somehow I missed the you can have multiple buildings on one piece of property thing but now I see where it's this is a nitpick, but just to clarify, it's 0.75 or 75%. 0.75% would be. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> since since Rosemary was concerned about numbers earlier. Really. And, and I am uh, interested in hearing from the public too, and, um, but just amongst us, I, I have said before that I really don't think that there's that much difference between 28 and 35 feet. It's the scale and, and the mass that's the problem. Um, so with the floor to area ratio and the 60 feet between buildings, um, I think that works. I, however, would like th this to apply to the whole zone and not, um, and not, not apply to the pedestrian-oriented overlay area. I was going to say that too. Think that that's a crucial uh, vista area right there for the view of the bridge, and there isn't a lot of public right of way right in there. Yeah. And if we eliminate it, we're basically just talking about fourth. There's not much left. <laughs> that's true. For the record, I, one of the comments I was going to make was that I don't I don't believe the pedestrian oriented district should be exempt from the floor area ratios. I know that we're following the riverfront vision plan, but I don't think that it serves to preserve the views of the bridge if we have that exemption in that area. Thank you. All good comments. Are we ready to open up for more public input? 
All right, so we'll reopen the public hearing and we would invite people to speak. Vicki Baker, 3015 Harrison Avenue, Astoria, Oregon. Um, I would go along with what you're saying to include the pedestrian area and whatever you want to do. I think you've had a lot of people speak about the 20-foot feet um, restriction. I think at this point with this committee, you could go ahead with that and implement the ratio that Rosemary has talked to you about. That way, you can close your part of what you're doing. It can go to the next level. Um, and you can honor the public that has spoken to you. That's my input. Thank you, Ms. Baker. Uh, Elizabeth Menetrade, 3849 Rand Avenue. I know there's uh, two folks who weren't at the last meeting. I feel like I'm at a really different meeting than I was at the last meeting. We had, I brought in 80 petitions and we had another, I don't remember, 100 and something petitions that we had from people for the 28 feet. Uh, there was such a strong call for the 28 feet. I know, I realize there's a problem with the massing, but I feel like Okay, this was a court in the Daily A, we're all going yay, and now this is a different planning commission, different outcome. So I'm very disappointed. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Manitray. Stuart Evans, uh, 107 Kensington. Um, I would like to suggest that uh, meaningful incentives um, be included for ground floor public use um, to encourage development that has uses that we had a, I showed in my slideshow restaurant, bar, a library, market, perhaps retail, um, maybe some conferencing that engages the public walkway uh, for the river walk and also the riverfront. I think it would do a tremendous amount to enliven the, uh, the environment. Thanks. Thank you, Mr. Emmons. Uh, Phil Grillo on behalf of Astoria Warehouse. Um, I, I would agree with Mr. Evans' comments, and I would also um, request that um, uh, just seeing this here tonight, we need a little bit more time to be able to kind of run some numbers and see how the FAR would actually play out for instance, on the existing site with the existing buildings. Um, and so what I would suggest is perhaps that the Planning Commission consider keeping the written record open for a period of, say, seven to 10 days, something reasonable. Um, and that way, then, you can continue the hearing for deliberation purposes only. And that would allow anyone to submit uh, written testimony during that open record period. Um, so, uh, I would ask that you know, not, not only on behalf of Astoria Warehouse, but, but generally speaking, just so that everyone has an opportunity to comment. Thanks. Thank you, Mr. Perello. Jane Faber, 3015 Harrison Avenue, Astoria. Um, let me preface my remark by saying it may be completely irrelevant at this point. Um, but um, I was concerned about uh, Ms. Johnson's response to my concern about the water dependent definition, which may not have any play in this one, but at some point it may. And um, after watching the Fairview 
squeaked by some, whether the words were, section A said this applies to all building, all construction, so-and-so, and then the B section said building shall retain so-and-so, and they fastened on the word retain, saying, well, retain has to be something that's already in existence. It can't mean new construction. And that was the thing that carried the day before the city council to get the Fairview approved, um, which I consider a pretty ridiculous interpretation. But I am aware that when these developers come, they will try anything or fasten on anything in the language to wiggle through. And it may be legitimate, it may not be. But if you have language like this in your definition of water dependent, I can guarantee you there's just tons of wiggle room there. Why not make it tight? Um, and this, in keeping with that, I just worry about the use of the word floor, how many floors a building has. Um, I don't know if there's a strict definition for floors, but I keep looking for some way to wiggle through how many floors the building has. You might just say it in terms of height. If it exceeds this height, it's this ratio. If it exceeds that height, it's that ratio. And it doesn't matter how they divided up the floors. I'm just, just concerned about wiggling again. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Cameron. Is there anyone else would like to address the planning commission this evening? Seeing none, rebuttal from the app. Mr. Mayor brought up a good comment that you know, interpretation later on for that water dependent. We could add a statement in there on that recreation as part of this amendment that just says uh, passive recreation such as viewing and walking, not just associated with a non-water something to that effect so it's very clear that it's not just an association. Just eliminate it. There is a recreation, I suppose they have kayaks. You know, they say, well, we're going to try kayaks. Mr. Favor. Okay. Okay. okay, so that's something you could do is clarify in there that you want something like a river trail, but you don't want to say that just a halfway associated with a hotel is passive recreation. So we could put a limitation down there. But you don't want to eliminate it totally because then you wouldn't have a river trail. So that is the passive recreation that you want to be water from. So we could do that limitation in there. Okay. And then further comment? Yeah. Great. Okay, so at this point we basically have a number of options. We ranging from making a motion and voting on what we have in front of us. Uh, Mr. Grillo suggested, and, and I was thinking along the same lines, that we have a period of time to uh, continue to receive public comment and then return for deliberation. Um, and we can certainly do something in between as well. Uh, I like the idea of, of having a comment period and, and up to 10 days, it seems, reasonable to me. Planner um, Johnson, do you have a comment? Or? Yeah, the, the, the law said that you need, if someone requests that the record remain open for additional comment, uh, the seven days would be the normal. And you do have a meeting on August 6th. And so we could take additional comments between for the next seven days and then bring you something for adoption on October, uh, August 6th. So it wouldn't have to wait another full month if you would like. Okay, and I'm trying to do the math in my head, but that would give us, if we did seven days, that would give us some time, give staff time to get the comments to the commissioners and commissioners time to 
Yes, that would take you to July 30, and then we would get those out to you right away and be able to prepare the documents to send off. They should go out that day to the packets for you, uh, but you would have those comments to address that night of the meeting. So you'll have that in time, get it, we get them to you right away, and we can get the packets out to you with incorporating any comments. Okay, thank you. How do the commissioners feel? Strong all. I'd, I'd like it to be continued to August 26th. I'm not going to be here on the 6th. I also will not be here on the 6th. That guy agrees with me.
public and uh, that the heights are limited to 28 feet and that the um, floor to area ratio extends to the entire zone. I would second that. So I, I made the motion because um, I, it's not that I want to eliminate public comment on 35 feet, and I, I still do believe that 28, 35, not that much different. But I do take the point that I was reminded of tonight, which we have had numerous of these uh, public comments, and everyone comes in, virtually everyone, um, with 28 feet. We have petitions, et cetera. So, and we made this vote uh, while well, we took a straw poll and there was a majority um, at the last meeting for 28 feet. I think that we shouldn't just override that now. I think the floor to area ratio is brilliant. I really appreciate, um, I believe it's Commissioner Moore who, who brought this up and appreciate um, Ms. Johnson for, for bringing it to us tonight. And uh, I think that we should extend it to the pedestrian-oriented overlay area because that is the bulk of this um, area. And, and I do also take the point that I th it seems to me time now to just make a decision and, uh, I mean, not to rush it, but that we, c we do have enough information to make a decision and it might be time now to let the council wrestle with it. It just seems that the floor area ratio works with the with the height. If if you don't, then you're just going to still have, you're 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 not working with the, the issue of view corridors and space being used on a lot. So if you have a lot that's large and you do 0.75, your square your 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 amount of lot that's going to be used isn't really affected as much when you're only allowing a two-story building versus a three-story building. If you want to have more view corridors, you want to have more access to the river, and you want more views of the river, going to three floors reduces the amount of the footprint. And that's why I, I strongly am in favor of the 35 foot, not the 28 foot. And so I would not, would not uh, approve that. I, I would probably vote for that if it uh, at 35 feet rather than 28. And I, I would agree that we're pretty comfortable with what the public comment would be. I would just add that I was here at the last meeting and we had a quorum when I, I left up that we made a decision that I read about and got congratulations for another kind of comment. So I, I was a little surprised to hear that that decision wasn't the decision. And um, I understand we're advisory and providing only recommendations, but um, uh, I like the floor area ratio and I heard the testimony about 28 feet. I would, uh, I understand your concern. Uh, I would say that that anytime we have a full commission, there is going to be a different feeling because different opinions can be expressed or, or people who have a different understanding or perspective can share that and it, it could change the vote. And, and I have attended several meetings of the Planning Commission and the City Council where going in, People felt it was going to be one way, and it was completely different. 
either because someone was not there at the meeting or because somebody, one of, one of the commissioners or council persons were not there and, and someone else was able to sway the vote one way and I have seen it go the other way as well. So I think that having the seven of us here uh, makes a very large difference. Sure. Uh, so we have three votes. We have three votes for twenty-eight foot and FAR now. Do we have a fourth? I'm sorry. We have a full commission now. We, we have yes. three. We have three votes for twenty-eight feet with the FAR uh, through the entire zone. Do we have a fourth vote? Well, I would certainly vote for the thirty-five. Looks like we're talking about me. <laughs> um, and I think that the um, the FARs make more sense with a 35 foot limit. I think that it makes sense to have narrow, higher buildings that will actually give us more views. I think that's what we've been that's what we've been fighting over. Um, and um, yeah, like I've been, I was when we were last time when we were talking about the 28 feet. It was also kind of because we were deciding kind of like talk about massing later. Um, and, and readdress that. I think this gets um, to our massing issue and our view corridor issue better than what we've seen so far. So I, I, I call for the vote. I, I will do that momentarily, Commissioner Price. I'm going to allow other commissioners to comment before oh, I'm sorry. we call I thought, for a vote. I'm sorry, I thought everyone had. And it's clearly going down to defeat, so. I think I have. Please. Okay. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, so, I think I've been pretty attached to the 28 foot height limit because of uh, all the public testimony we've received. Um, but I do agree that the floor area ratio and the, and the building map having narrow, narrower buildings and allowing another seven feet of height. Um, Serves very probably serves very well to preserve views, and in some instances it may it may preserve views better depending on where you are, where you're viewing from. What's what I feel is important is that um, we have, and I know we all know this. But I'm just going to say this because I'm kind of on the fence. You know, the 28 feet really came from all the public input, but I, I think that some of the the public might really like this idea of of having a little more flexibility and the view corridors that would open between buildings. So I think that this, this proposal here that Senator uh, Johnson has, has presented us with tonight is, uh, is good. But um, I think that it's just, it's, although, although it would be great to pass this on to city council now, and, and maybe we can, um, it's also important that, the, that we have time to kind of process the public the public comments and the, and the planning staff have time to process public input and then the public you know I think the, the this meeting tonight is very different than the last meeting but the but the public I mean all these chairs were full at the last meeting because they were waiting to see what our height restriction was going to be so I, I just feel like it's really important that we have a chance to receive public testimony before we vote or or or, or pass something to city council. If, if possible, because I just feel like it's unfair to kind of sneak in 35 feet, even with the floor area, area ratio, um, without without kind of that due process of the public comment before we make a decision. Sorry, I, that, that was more wordy than I meant to be, but that made sense. 
Thank you, Commissioner. Commissioner Horn. Um, so, I, I, we're, not, we're not violating any due process, but I do recognize and appreciate your desire to get more public feedback. Um, I'm ready to vote on the, mo the motion that's on the floor right now so that we can move on. Commissioner Warren. I was not here last meeting, um, but I did read the minutes, and nothing in the minutes that I read said that there's a vote for 28 feet. It did say that there was a consensus of those here, and that it was for one reason, which was to try to continue the conversation to, the, to this next meeting. That um, I did read that at that point you were trying to make a decision based on no floor area ratio and, and no building mass. And I think that this newer uh, proposal, I think, uh, touches on both of those issues. And I think it's um, that's why my opinion uh, doesn't. I don't think it's going to sway my opinion based on the math of the equation of floor area ratio. Heights of buildings, U corridors. I, I don't. I I wouldn't believe that any uh, new public input is going to change the math. And um, for me personally, thank you, Commissioner Walker. So we do have a motion and a second. We have continued uh, discussion that. Uh, and we seem to be three and a half, three and a half here. Um, <laughs> if, if you would like to amend that, I would be ready to vote in favor. If not, I would also like to call for a vote. Uh, should it not pass, I would look for a motion to adopt uh, with the 35 feet. Um, should we go to a vote or should we amend? You, you're asking me if I will amend it to 35 feet from 28? Yes. No, I, I'd rather just take a vote on the 28 feet and then take a vote on the 35. Okay. Thank you. Do we so, all agree on, exempt, on uh, eliminating the exemption for the pedestrian-oriented district? Does that need to be? That was my motion, was 28 feet the and. The 35 feet people think. Oh, 35 feet. Can you go on the next vote? Okay, so I want to make sure we are all what we're going to vote on now is the motion that's on the table and the motion that's on the table is uh, 28 feet and FARs uh, extended to the entire section we not exempting the pedestrian oriented zones not exempting. not exempting So the new draft at 28 feet, not 35, and FAR is included in the pedestrian. Okay. So we have a motion and a second. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Against? Nay. 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 Looks like the motion carries. I, I, the motion fails. No. Wait a minute, wait a minute. No. I'm sorry. <laughs> I only had six votes. <laughs> okay, I have Cindy Price, Pat, in yes. What was the other one? Okay. And then no was the other four. Okay. So did you vote no? Yes. 
I apologize. <laughs> For those in the public, I am deaf in this year. So, looks like the motion failed. Um, the record, sorry about that. Um, Mr. President, may I, may I ask a question real quick of Rosemary? A, a due process question? Because the continuance was requested, are we legally obligated to provide that or is that in other issues? I am not the city attorney, however, my understanding is that you have to grant it for the beginnings but this is just a continuation of the existing amendment that you have the right to change the code sure. as you're discussing. I'm not sure if that's exactly right. Um, and we don't have the city attorney here to answer that for sure, but I, I thought it was you have to grant it for the first time that it's requested in the beginning of the hearings. That's, that's how I remember it as well. But I am I, also I, not an attorney. Right, so I, I want to caution that I'm not positive on that. And Mr. Grillo, you're an attorney, aren't you? May, may I ask, I mean, maybe ask. I just make a point of order, remember what Mr. Grillo just not represent this. Yeah. Just I'm not even sure that he asked for. I think he suggested, but I don't know that he requested. That, that's correct. Just point of order, um, Bill Grillo, for the record. Um, um, it's my opinion, uh, and I'm not uh, posing uh, as a city attorney, but it's my opinion, as, as it was our request uh, to continue, um, that you're not required to do that. I think as soon as uh, Johnson indicated, at the uh, initial evidentiary hearing, there was a request to continue, and I think I, among some others, probably made it. So we've already spent that chip, so to speak, and now these are all discretionary uh, from my standpoint uh, here. So uh, we, we certainly would not be holding you to it if you just decided to move forward tonight. Thank you, Mr. President. Okay, so I stand corrected on the failure of the motion. Uh, so the motion failed. did fail. Uh, would someone like to make another motion? Uh, let, let me uh, ask a question of the commission. If we were to continue this to allow more public input, either written or just keep the record open uh, or reopen it at the next meeting, I would want to continue it to the the regular scheduled August meeting, not the, pre not the 6th, but the 27th. Uh, if if commission isn't excited about continuing it for a month, then I'd be willing to make a motion now. I'd be happy to vote on it um, tonight. I think that pushing it to the end of, or to arming at the end of August is just pushing it too long. I'm happy to have. I feel like um, we know what the public comment has been up till now, and I feel like we're going to we're going to be hearing the same you know the same voices, and I think that if we're the majority of us are on the same page about this, then maybe it is appropriate for that public hearing to happen at the city council. Yeah. I'd be ready to vote as well, so would someone like to make a motion? I will make a motion. I move that the Planning Commission accepts the amendment. Do we have a number? Uh, A1901B. A1901B has 
with the with an amendment of extending the floor area ratio to the pedestrian zone, the pedestrian tourist zone. Do we have a second? I second. May, may I just ask a clarification? Uh, Ms. Johnson, you said A1901B, which is this. Does that now include this? It's the new draft. Okay, thank you, sir. I have another question. I'm sorry, but the new draft doesn't have anything in it about the Astoria Warehousing Plan District or the Port Plan District? It, it does. Uh, that was, so oh, did you refer to it? Yes. Mrs. Johnson, that maybe the the new handout we got only replaces some sections in the in the primary amendment, so the plan districts would still be a part of this motion. Is that correct? Correct. So the plan districts were really part of that. Uh, and if you look at yeah, that those are the other two parts of it. So you would have the new plus concerning the height mm -hmm. and mass plus the two plan districts. That's all part of it. Oh, yeah. So, so we're replacing the height pages. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. So apply to both districts. The two districts would still yeah. be adopted for this. Yeah. So we have a motion and a second. Further discussion? Nothing. All those in favor, vote aye. 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 Against? Aye. So to clarify, did we have? If we get so everyone Ms. voted ex for it except Commissioner Price. Okay, and nobody abstained. Okay, so for the record, the one no vote was Commissioner Price, Commissioner Corcoran, Commissioner Cameron Laddick, Commissioner Moore, Commissioner Womack, and Commissioner Henry, and President Fitzpatrick voted in favor. And may I just say that I think it's reasonable and uh, and, and not at all a bad amendment. I am, I'm voting no just to honor the many hundreds of people who have come to us and asked for 28 feet and who expected it from us. Duly noted. <coughs> Thank you, Commissioner Price. And for for point of uh, legal, your motion was to adopt it, but we have to have findings of fact, so if we can get a motion to adopt the findings of fact, but I have some corrections to it, because of the change from 28 to 35. And so if um, the changes would just be noting the differences between the 28 and the 35 throughout the document and making statements from tonight about the need for the pedestrian oriented uh, to be included in the FAR. And so I have those drafted here if we can state that the findings of fact are adopted with those changes due to the 35 that they are. And right. if I may, um, we also going to add a sentence to the water dependent use. Okay, right. that's a good little half a sentence. So you can put that, you want to add that to your, a new motion to add that to the also. Sure. Do you want to make that? I would like to have some conversation about changing that. We're going to start to Okay, so let's make a motion to amend the findings of fact and adopt the additional language to the water dependent uses. Okay. I motion that the Planning Commission adopt the findings of fact and the amended um, water dependent uses statement. Second. 
I'd like to make that check. Second. <laughs> <laughs> the record will call it Commissioner Henry. All those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Aye. It appears that we have the same vote. Okay. Thank okay. you. Now this will go to the to the city council. It is not appealable yet because the city council, it's not a decision, it's a recommendation to the city council. And this will probably go to city council on today. I think it will go August 19th, so it's a two-month difference just by making a decision tonight. Also include the corrections to the findings of fact that we need. Okay. Yes. I thought we were going to skip that for Yeah, we did it in one motion that the fixing that work front, front pendant for recreational <coughs> and adopting the revised findings of fact. Okay. This was a conversation. Leonard Johnson, shall I read into the record? Yes. The Astoria Planning Commission's ruling may be appealed by no. any person withstanding to the no, city. I just said no appeal. What's that? It's not appealable because this is only a recommendation to the city council. Okay. So that part you don't. So this part does not belong here. Not the appeal portion. Okay. Uh, that concludes our public hearing uh, for the evening. Reports of officers. I would, yeah, I would just want to report that I attended a tour of the commercial fisher, fisheries industry um, in Astoria, I don't know if it was a week ago or two weeks ago, um, put on by um, the Sea Grant um, and the OSU Extension Office. And it was just a really great opportunity to learn more about and kind of see, to learn more about the commercial, the commercial fisheries industry around here, to see, to put faces to this industry that I don't necessarily come into a lot of contact with. Um, and I actually found it really relevant for looking at the kind of buildings and, and structures that you need to actually do that work around here. Um, and that definitely, um, I, definitely made me kind of like uh, um, recognize the need for potentially 35 foot high buildings for water dependent uses um, in these zones. And I learned about how important ice houses are, which I know came up when we were talking about the buoy in Thank you. Mr. Corcoran or Ms. Price? Okay. I guess I do have one thing that I didn't think of. Um, I know I brought this up at the last meeting, but I'm on the um, technical advisory committee for the Uniontown Warren Master Plan Project. Uh, so going into the meeting on August 6th, um, I don't believe there's any conflict of interest or anything that would be considered an ex parte contact. It's just I'm actually supposed to be a representative of the planning commission, but um, I just need to, um, I'm planning on voting for the next meeting and I, I think that that's appropriate and expected. And it's legislative matter, not quasi-judicial, therefore we usually do have representation so that you have input into the, that process. Right. And so that is part of what your duties were and you are able to vote because it's not ex parte, it's legislative, so you were all part of that process. Okay. Great. And I appreciate the the um, 
heads up and the disclosure on them. Okay. So, staff updates. I have nothing. Okay, save the dates, Tuesday, August 6, 2019 at 6.30, Asbury Planning Commission meeting regarding A19-05, the Union Town Reform Master Plan, and Tuesday, August 27th at 6.30, the Asbury Planning Commission regular meeting. Do we have anything on the agenda already? I don't know. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> A special projects, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> So we are back to public comments for non-agenda items. Is there anyone that would like to speak on anything that was not covered in tonight's agenda? Seeing none, we will adjourn. For the record, it is 9.26 p.m. And I have orders you need to sign.